I want to talk to you a little bit about rough greens. Uh, Uno is here with me in the studio. He's just laying down by my feet. He's like, yeah, dad. Uh, he is, he's a different dog now. Different dog. He was up this morning seconds. running around five o'clock tail wagon happy, you know, fed him. He loves it. And he loves really anything we feed him now because we put rough greens on top of it. It's a supplement that has all of the things that he needs uh, to uh, stay healthy. Roughgreens.com. R-U-F-F greens.com slash Beck. Uh, you can get a free bag of Rough Greens. All you pay for is shipping, but you have to go to roughgreens.com slash Beck. Or you can call them at 833-GLEN-33. That's 833-GLEN-33. Feed your dog Rough Greens. All right. Wow, what an interesting Friday it is. Stand by. And welcome to the Glenn Beck program. So I've got to go back in time for just a second and uh, play cut one from President Biden during the campaign. No, I don't think it should be mandatory. I wouldn't demand it to be mandatory, but I would do everything in my power. Just like I don't think masks have to be made mandatory nationwide. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. That's that's changed a bit. That's changed a bit. But also something else has changed uh, since just the election, just the last couple of days. You remember when uh, Biden said, oh, that's a garbage story about the $450,000 going now to uh, uh, to uh, illegals that crossed our border and were separated from their family? He wants as much as a million dollars to go to the families. This is an outrage. And he said it was just a couple of days ago. And he said it's a garbage story. Uh, Here's the White House yesterday. Cut to. The president is perfectly comfortable with the Department of Justice settling with the individuals and families who are currently in litigation Mm. with the U.S. government. You know, DOJ can obviously speak more to that process. The president was what he was reacting to uh, was the dollar figure that was mentioned that you mentioned to him yesterday. Uh, as press accounts to date indicate, there's been press accounts on this, DOJ made clear to the plaintiffs that the reported figures are higher than anywhere that a settlement can land. Ah, okay, so we're going to settle, just not for $450,000. Here's CNN yesterday on this payment. Was the Wall Street Journal report that, that Peter Ducey was asking about, is, is it garbage or not? Jake, this is one of these cases where the president is quite imprecise and leaves it to his staff and us to be the precise ones. So so oh. here are the true facts. The Wall Street Journal was correct not reporting garbage when it reported that the Biden administration is in discussion to settle lawsuits brought on behalf of families affected by ah. the family separation policy. And the Wall Street Journal okay. was correct in reporting that these settlement discussions include talks of possible financial compensation. So what's weird is when the president said this was a garbage story and that's not going to happen, it's almost as if 
he didn't have any idea what his administration was doing. Or he was lying. Which one do you prefer? The extremists that are in the administration. We begin there in 60. Let me tell you about Jane, who uh, wrote in to talk about her experience with Relief Factor. She said, a Relief Factor worked for me, Glenn. About nine years ago, I broke two vertebrae. I've had had four bones fused in my back. I have a two-acre lawn, and every time I would mow it, I would be in true pain for a couple of days. I started taking Relief Factor, and the results almost immediately began to happen. Now I can mow my yard with no pain. I also noticed getting out uh, out of the car is a lot easier than it used to be. I've been taking Relief Factor now for several months, and I love it. Thank you, thank you, thank you for turning me on to this. Jane, thanks for writing in. Relief Factor is not a drug, but it was developed by doctors, and about 70% of the people who try it go on to order more. Order the three-week quick start for only $19.95. That's relieffactor.com, 800-500-8384, relieffactor.com. Hello, America. It is Friday. And this administration is becoming more and more extreme. We're going to talk about the big issue uh, that happened yesterday. Notice that he held this back. It's almost like the, the vaccine. We'll wait to announce that after the election. Now we have the mandates coming in the most bizarre time. We have... The cases going down, people are beyond this. We're having super spreader events. People are going to massive concerts. They're going to massive sporting uh, 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 events. And we're not having any kind of, you know, super spreader event. So why now? Because this is all about control. And everything this this administration is doing is moving us towards the Great Reset and control. This vaccine mandate must not go forward, because if they can do this with an OSHA uh, bean counter coming over and affecting all of our businesses, by the way, it was just for 100 people and more businesses yesterday, but there is another plan that is coming that will affect every single business. This will affect everything you do. And it cannot, that door cannot be opened. Well, this extremist president has also done something else yesterday in something that in with all of the senators that I have talked about, I warned them that this person was coming And they all read uh, my report on this person and they were like, wait, 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 what? Now, this was weeks ago and no one thought that he would actually put this person into uh, into the Senate's hands for approval for the comptroller of the currency. This is Saul Almorova. Now, I want to compare two people. Congresswoman Victoria Sparts, who was born in Ukraine in 1978, and President Biden's nominee for Comptroller of the Currency, Saul Almorova, who was born in Kazakhstan in 1966. These two women have very different ideas about the Soviet Union. Congressman Sparts is uh, warning the American people that our FBI is starting to remind her of the KGB, the security agency for the Soviet Union. She knows firsthand 
that it is not a good path to be like the Soviet Union. It says in her Twitter bio, she is an American by choice. That's important. Congresswoman Sparts was 13 years old when the Soviet Union collapsed. She lived in the aftermath of the fall until she immigrated to America in the year 2000 after meeting her husband on a train in Europe. She has already received a bachelor degree of international economics and an MBA from the National University of Economics in Ukraine. She received then a master of professional accountancy from the IU Kelly School of Business in Indianapolis. She's a businesswoman, a CPA, Fortune 500 finance professional, and she's now a member of the House of Representatives. Her website says that while living in Ukraine during and after the Soviet Union, she saw, quote, the dark side of socialism. She now is in Congress fighting for a smaller government and a limited government and the Constitution of the United States. She believes, quote, financial and health care decisions should be made by individuals in the free market, not bureaucrats with special interests. Now, this is the exact opposite of what our other former Soviet Union resident, who is now the nominee for comptroller of our economy, believes in. Saul Amarova does not share the skepticism of her former Soviet Union. In one of her tweets last year, it began to make headlines. In the tweet, she seemed to insinuate the Soviet's financial system had more going for it than free market capitalism. Let me read the tweet. Until I came to the U.S., I couldn't imagine that things like gender pay gaps still existed in today's world. Say what you will about the old USSR, but there was no gender pay gap there. The market doesn't always know best. You, you couldn't afford to live decently. I don't care if you were anyone, male, female, unless you were in with the one party. So she wants to put all of our money in a government-run bank, the Fed. She wants one bank, all of these banks to be wiped out. Now, I'm telling you right now, there are five banks, and you know which ones they are. We've never been able to tell, you know, they've never told us who the Fed is actually owned by. It's not a government agency. It is a private corporation, the Fed. And it is owned by five banks. And you know which one they are because there's only about five of them left. The big, huge banks. J.P. Morgan Chase, Citibank, Bank of America, Wells Fargo, and uh, what's the other one I'm missing? Those, that's the Fed. She wants to now wipe those out and just make them the bank of the Federal Reserve. And that's the only bank you will be able to have in the country. She says, we did it in the Soviet Union, and this time it will work. So why does it seem like Saul Almarova and Congresswoman Sparts lived in two separate Soviet unions, one with perfect gender equality and one with a dark side of socialism? Well, to understand that, I had to actually look in deeply to her life. She was educated in Moscow. She was uh, the winner of the Lenin Personal Academic Scholarship. She came to America on an exchange program between Moscow State and the University of Wisconsin-Madison in 1991. Uh, and while she was in Wisconsin, the Soviet Union collapsed. Here she is with Chris Hayes talking about it. Why would you come to the U.S.? 
Well, it was actually pure, um, you know, chance in a way. I was a graduate, an undergraduate student at Moscow State University, and there was at the very end of the Gorbachev era, an exchange program between Moscow State and University of Wisconsin-Madison. And I got lucky against all odds, and I came for that one semester in 1991 to Madison, Wisconsin. And while I was there in December of 1991, the Soviet Union fell apart. And so there I was, a student without anywhere to go back. And, um, you know, I was, I was very worried about what was going to happen. And so I stayed and to do my PhD in political science. But, you know, frankly, I'm just, uh, to this day, I kind of feel guilty mm. for having left the country at such a momentous time, because obviously they couldn't hold it together without me. Mm. So while she was away, her home collapsed in on itself. Then she stayed here in the U.S. in the aftermath, and she felt guilty. Why? Because she was loyal to her empire. That's where she was respected and educated. She is not an American by choice. She says she's an American by chance, which is what she said in the last clip with Chris Hayes when she was asked why you come to America. She used the word chance. Now, of course, she could have been an American by chance and come to appreciate our systems, but that doesn't seem like what happened. She wants to redesign our system in honor of the empire that she loved and no longer exists. She can never go back to the Soviet Union. So out of the true admiration, she wants to build a replacement here, a place that feels more at home. I told you that in the end, you would have the progressives, the Marxists, the socialist communists, and the uh, Islamists all working together. Well, here it is. Now, I have a few different theories on how these two women have such different views about the Soviet Union. For context, if you go to a country that was in the former Soviet Union, you'd be shocked to see that people still sympathize with the Soviet ideology. And there are two major groups. Let me tell you about them in 60 seconds. Let's say you want to sell your house. If that idea sounds simple, I'm guessing you haven't ever done it before. Let me assure you, literally nothing except cashing the checks is fun when you're selling a house. Same with buying a house, especially right now. If you don't have a real estate agent who is absolutely on his or her game, you could easily be in for a really rough ride. I don't know. I've bought and sold houses because I'm in radio and I've moved all around the country multiple times. Uh, and uh, never has it's never worked out for me. Never. Years ago, I got tired of dealing with real estate agents. I just I didn't even know how to interview. How do you pick them? How do you tell who's good and who's not? Well, we worked with the 500 best real estate agents in the country, according to the Wall Street Journal, and we found out that there is a way that you can understand who the best is. And it goes with their marketing. It goes with their expertise. You can find out their track record. How many do how many houses do they sell compared to the other people in uh, in the area? Uh, and do they listen to you? Well, those are the people that we have found now with real estate agents. I trust dot com. If you're looking for a real estate agent, these this is my company. And these are the people that we have searched for and approved uh, they don't work for us we monitor them even during your deal just to make sure everything goes uh goes according to the plan as it should and if they start to falter then they're out of the system uh we are 
we are watching them and watching your transaction closely to make sure that it's the best experience that you can have. Realestateagentsitrust.com. That's realestateagentsitrust.com. 10 seconds, station ID. So there's, there's two major groups uh, that live in the former Soviet Union. First group is the older group who lived most of their lives in the Soviet Union, never had the chance to exercise their freedom. And freedom like a muscle is, you know, when it's growing up in the Soviet Union, it's like growing up in a full body cast. It made their muscles very, very weak. It made freedom much harder to maintain. It made it even scary. We haven't had to think about this in America really until now. But an instinct for freedom comes with nurture as much as nature. Even though I believe liberty is a human ideal, it is not without risk. It's not without cost. And if you were growing up in the Soviet Union that never knew freedom, that cost is weird to you. They couldn't recognize their own oppression unless they knew they were in a gulag or purposely or accidentally defied uh, the USSR. Then they knew. But if you grew up in a nice and compliant area with quiet and a compliant family, things could have been relatively stable for you. If the Soviet Union only offered one thing, it was sameness. It was predictable. The leaders told you exactly what to do, where to work, how to live, what to like, what to dislike, what to say, not what not to say, who to respect and who to hate. And when people just disappeared, you didn't ask for it. It was a simplified life. That's it. They minimized it and simplified it. And when the Soviet Union collapsed, it was as if a whole a whole countries of people who had been living in full body casts had been removed from the cast and said, go walk, run. And they didn't know what to do. Suddenly you could go wherever you wanted. For a person who hasn't known freedom, this could be dangerous. Some rose to the challenge, learned liberty for the first time. Some shrunk away from the challenge and wished for the predictability to come back. And because there weren't enough strong people, that's why it went into chaos and is a mobocracy now. It's a lot like when God rescued the Hebrew people from slavery. Did only one-fifth of the Jews actually left that slavery? They actually went in? One-fifth of them. The rest stayed in slavery. Now, the other group are people in the countries from the Soviet Union that advocate for communism today. They were the young people that don't really remember it from the last time. But Ms. Avaroma was in her 20s when the Soviet Union collapsed. She does remember it. She didn't live in the aftermath of the collapse. So she saw what it was for the first time over here, and it was like waking out of a dream for for Sparts. But when it was happening, Almarova uh, was uh, in the universities, and she was learning and teaching, and she was learning it in Wisconsin. Which makes me question, what if she got her ideas from us, from our universities? What if her ideas were justified by her time at UW-Madison and Northwestern? What if they were seamlessly folded into UNC Chapel Hill and Cornell and Georgetown? Scary thought. If I tried to imagine the perfect ideological refugee for a refuge for a displaced Soviet, I couldn't think of a better one than our universities at the time. 
Now, she's become wildly successful, working her way up to the nominee of the comptroller of our economy, all without ever having to give up the ideals of the Soviet Union. You have to assume she thinks like a communist. She prefers predictability. That's what her tweet about gender gap shows you. She thinks that top-down control will limit disparities and encourage sameness. This all makes sense when you look at the path of her life. I'm sure she's a perfectly wonderful person. This isn't to degrade her. Life shapes us all very differently, and she was dealt a very unique hand. But she hasn't left the Soviet Union in her mind, and she's clinging to the concept that government-controlled finances will make life better, an idea that has been ingrained in her for years. The problem is, it just isn't true. The people in the Soviet Union were nursed on lies. Compliance and deception were the way of life. It's hard to accept that everything you've known is a lie. That the reality that you believed in wasn't true. It's not an easy feat. But we cannot have somebody controlling our economy who doesn't believe in the free market. That is a Soviet-style finance person that believes the free market is evil. We can't have somebody who doesn't have a full grasp of the truth or a full grasp on history. This is who our president, who said he would return us to normalcy, has nominated. She may pass. She may pass the Senate if one one conservative uh, votes the other way and you don't get at least one other to come with you. She wants to completely redesign our economy to fit the Soviet Union. And the press doesn't talk about it. We are well beyond conspiracy theories. This administration is more dangerous than any administration in our history. This administration is more dangerous because they are moving more rapidly and more comprehensively than the Obama administration. Our, our end is here if we don't stand together. This is the Glenn Beck Program. American Financing, NMLS 182334, www.nmlsconsumeraccess.org. All right, I want to talk to you a little bit about American financing. Uh, it is going to get harder and harder to get a loan, and, and I think that you now see why I have been saying that for the last year. I've been seeing what they're doing with the financial markets, and, I mean, this comptroller, you imagine if you are a Trump supporter and you have to get your loans from the bank of the Fed run by this woman? It's going to get very difficult, and it's going to happen faster than you think. You won't recognize your country a year from now. American Financing, call them now, please. Get out of the high-interest credit card debts. Get out of get, get your money out of these banks. If you haven't refinanced your loan, do it. If you can refinance, do it. Go to American Financing. I've known these people for 20 years. They are fantastic. They work for you and not the banks. It's AmericanFinancing.net. AmericanFinancing.net. 800-906-2440. 800-906-2440. 
Do it now. All right, head over to blazetv.com slash Glenn. The promo code is Glenn. You'll save 10 bucks off your subscription now to Blaze TV. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Hello, America. It is Friday. There is a lot going on. Yesterday, the president announced a White House partnership with the World Economic Forum for the Great Reset. The White House and the United States government now has a a public-private partnership with 20 major companies uh, that provide raw materials. Um, This is all part of the change that this woman I was just telling you about with a a comptroller is going to help herald in. Um, The world is changing quickly. And if you want to know about The Great Reset, I urge you to pick up my new book now called The Great Reset. It is out in early January. This is our first time we have ever published anything on our own. And um, the supply chain is a little dicey. If you want to make sure you get it in January, please order it now at Amazon. Uh, The uh, second printing, they say, will be five months down the road. So get it now uh, at Amazon.com. You need this. You need this book. Uh, It has been bothering me so much that it hasn't come out sooner, but it is the fastest we could put this out um, because things are changing so rapidly. You need to understand what the Great Reset really is. Um, I want to bring in Christopher Bedford uh, because this is another thing that we all need to work on. Uh, He is the chief comms officer for Right Forge and the senior editor of The Federalist. Um, And Right Forge is in a battle now to build a second Internet. I have told you that we need parallel societies. Uh, And this is critical, but it is difficult and very costly to do. Christopher, how are you, sir? I'm great. How are you? Very good. So tell me what what you guys are building uh, on the second Internet. We're building the infrastructure that basically the Internet goes on. We're building the servers. We're building what Amazon Web Services does. It's it's essentially it's the highway that the vehicles travel on or the ground that you build on. Uh, Without these servers, you can't build websites. This is what all the information flows on. They're all around all around the globe, they're in every continent, they're in California, they're in Texas, they're all over the place. Uh, and previously, in the life of the internet, they were a free place. They didn't have opinions. They didn't care what you put on them. You could you could do anything you wanted on them. But after Parler was taken down by Amazon Web Services, after Texas Right to Life was taken down uh, by GoDaddy, we started to realize, we realized, holy smokes, we need this stuff. And the good news for the right trying to get these things up so that Christians and conservatives and, and even just liberals who aren't in good favor can still continue to have a voice. Is this is not new technology. We know how to do this. We're just at a place right now where the people who control it, the people who control the commanding heights of the U.S. economy and the global economy have decided that Christians and conservatives and, and even doctors who just disagree yeah. are not allowed to have a voice anymore. Okay, so tell me how this, tell me how this works, and it's just it, you don't become another parlor, which you know, stood and and then was just canceled by, you know, all of the, you know, all of the servers and everything else. How deeply into this um, will this protect voices? We are the, what, what destroyed Parler is Amazon Web Services came around. One of the things that destroyed them 
And they said that you can no longer have the services. You can no longer have the infrastructure that you're built on. It's essentially they just collapsed the ground underneath Parler. So it collapsed. And at the same time, they got hit by Google Play and they got hit by the Apple stores. So they weren't even allowed to, to sell their product. Mm-hmm. We are answering that part of the problem that Amazon Web Services uh, poised. We are the ground that you can build these sites on. So you're uncancelable uh, by any existing U.S. law. If you're on, if you're on with Right Forge, they they would have to dig the wires out of the ground, seize the ser- server farms, which is, you know, this is a place that we're in a dangerous place in this world. You're, you're just talking about the Great Reset. This is something that could happen someday down the road. Oh, I think right it now will. with existing U.S. telecom law, uh, we we can still have this ground, and that and that's what Right Forge would do. So you won't get parlored if you're on with us. And when other sites had been taken down previously and ripped down by their web uh, by their server providers we've gotten them back up we've defended them against the hacking attacks and and that's the business we're in is free speech okay so first of all where'd you get the i mean because this is wildly expensive wildly expensive to do the the good news for us is a lot of people early in january realized this at the same time so silicon valley's long had political people who are involved with it not just with the left a lot of libertarian folks, yeah. a lot of Ron oh, Paul yeah. kind of types. Yeah. The, and these folks had, had continued. They'd seen bad signs. They'd seen different, lots of signs that you, you talk about all the time, that things aren't going right, that censorship is increasing, that the corporations are no longer on the side of the Constitution, the Bill of Rights, the Declaration of Independence. People. But <laughs> they're just not on the, the, the they're not on the side of people. <laughs> <laughs> they're not. It's wild what we're seeing. Early on January, when Parler and the president of the United States were deplatformed and taken down, that was a snapping moment for a lot of these folks. A lot of these people who had made a lot of money in Silicon Valley, who had a lot of expertise, who had a lot of intelligence, who had all of the skill sets. So they, they reconnected. These are folks who'd known each other for years and years and years, but they worked at different companies. I saw, I know some of them personally. Uh, they reconnected and put this money in and the it, like i said with this is not new technology so the infrastructure existed so you need to buy it you need to you need to acquire it you needed to grow it and a number of these companies the, the people who were working with partners already had it but they had just been using it as part of a normal commercial property they hadn't realized holy smokes this is a new era so we were able to get them all together very quickly and we now have servers in every single continent except for antarctica Oh, that's fantastic. Um, and so how can we help? How can we get involved? You can go to rightforge.com to, if you want to move a lot of your domain over, we're getting a lot of business right now. And some of those, some of them are big and huge. Like we have the president's social media platforms working with us. And some of them are small. Like when your neighbor emails you from their last name.com, that's their address they've bought. So it's big and small. We're bringing people on and, this is the infrastructure that's going to allow us to do what we unfortunately need to do, which you talk about a lot, which is build our own banks, build our own, our own clubs, build our own social media platforms. Because if we're not allowed to play on the globalist playground, then we have to build our own here in the United States that's free. Uh, and you can do that at rightforge.com. So, so people understand this is not if you're on Twitter, they can still cancel you. But if there is a another Twitter like uh, social media and it's on RightForge, they can't cancel you. Yeah, they, they will not be able to cancel that website. Right, right. Uh, so you don't you just don't disappear and uh, and uh, go away and never heard for, and never heard from again. 
Uh, I can't thank you enough for doing what you're doing. Um, I, I, I pray that this is one of the answers, as you just said. We have to do this on everything, on everything, and we are way behind. But, uh, Chris, I can't, I can't thank you enough. I, I've been, uh, been shouting from the mountaintops for a long time. Where is... Where where is the place to go? Who's building the Radio Free America? Who is building something where we can't be canceled in the end? And uh, I am thrilled to see your work. Thank you so much. Well, thank you, and thanks for letting me talk about it today. You bet. Uh, right Forge. Go to uh, rightforge.com. Rightforge.com. All right. It's really promising stuff. That's really the sort promising. of stuff you need to get through this. We, uh, you know, and you mentioned the banks, and I think there's a huge role for cryptocurrency there too. Yeah, big time. Uh, and, and by the those way, things working together is a it's a big deal. Um, you know, the metaverse is coming. Cryptocurrency is going to play a very big role. Uh, all of these things, NTFs, big big role. That's all the future um, of what is coming. But uh, the first step you could do is a get over to RightForge. Um, and also get your money out of these big five banks, get your money. And it's, I know it's only one step, but you have to send a signal to these banks. You know, the reason why they, the reason why they're not, um, uh, operating the way they usually are is because people have so much on deposit. Now your money is their money. They're loaning it out. They're using it any way they want. Um, to really hurt them, if we had 50% of the country take our reserves out of those banks and put them in our locally owned and operated banks, uh, that would be quite a message to send. And I'm telling you, it is the bank that is going to lead the way on the Great Reset. They already are doing it. The infrastructure is already there. You need to take action now if you have money in any of these big banks and you're not for the Great Reset and ESGs and an entirely new uh, replacement for the free market. Take make a statement, tell them why and transfer your money to a local bank. And this is also why the SEC is currently threatening Coinbase so that they cannot give people interest on their money correct they i mean this is not some anarchist outfit coinbase has been a great corporate citizen it's andreessen horowitz it's got they they're very compliant they they agree they go along with all the regulations they're, this is not some like you know libertarian we're going to light the banking system on fire type of argument Mm-mm. and here they are just wanted to give people a relatively reasonable uh, amount instead of the 0.1 percent you get from these big banks when you leave your money in their account mm-hmm. and they are they threatened them uh and they will sue them they say if they uh, open up a, a service that they uh worked with the government to set up in the first place yeah you know it's an amazing thing because if you have any bitcoin that's what coinbase is it's a bank it's you're keeping your money there because it's digital, you're keeping your money there at Coinbase so you can use it and withdraw it when you want it, et cetera, et cetera, in exchange. Yeah. I mean, it is. In fact, it's similar, though. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's it's very similar. What I mean is it's a place to deposit mm-hmm. your money because you can't physically put that underneath your mattress. So it's a place where you have it on deposit. And why let that money just sit there? Why can't it earn money for the people mm-hmm. who own it? 
that's that's the idea behind a bank. Why not? The government is doing everything to trap us into one big bank and one digital currency. And once they have that, it's done. You're not going in. I mean, once you have that, you are at the mark of the beast kind of stuff. I mean, I'm not saying that it's mark of the beast stuff. I'm just saying this is what it looks like. This is what it looks like, because you won't be able to do anything without your your digital passport and your digital fed coin back in just a second you've heard me talk about my pillow for years i i love my pillow products i love their sheets i love their pillows for a limited time uh, right now mike is offering on my pillows the the product that started it all for him the lowest price ever you can get a standard my pillow now for 1998 that was originally 69.98 that's more than a 50 dollar savings and the king size pillow is only $10 more. Now is the time to buy. It's along with the lowest price offer uh, he's ever made. He's also extending his money back guarantee because it's Christmas time. Maybe you want to get one of these for uh, Christmas for somebody. Uh, he's exp- extending that money back guarantee and that trial until March 1st of next year. So go to MyPillow.com. Click on the radio listener specials. There you're going to find not only this amazing offer, but discounts on 150 different MyPillow products from the Giza Dream Sheets to the mattress toppers to the slippers and more. Enter the promo code BECK. Call 1-800-966-3117. Get one of these great radio specials now at MyPillow.com. Promo code BECK. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Hi, I'm not an idiot like Michael Barbaro. And this isn't The Daily. Mm, but The Daily is a New York Times podcast. Oh, it is. That's out there. I love it. I was thinking about our show and how many mm-hmm. people work on it. You know, mm-hmm. There's a bunch of people who do other things like on TV and chip sure, in on sure, radio. Sure. But, you know, it's kind of a small group here. We've got a, th- a few people. Yeah, maybe work four? On, yeah, work on the radio show exclusively, exclusively or yeah. mostly. Mm-hmm. Um, well, the daily, we do three hours a day. Yeah. 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 Five yeah. days a week. Right. The daily does a show one day, uh, five days a week as well, but it's about mm-hmm. 20 minutes long. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. How many people do you think work on this show? Probably in a few, right? Small group. Sure. You think I happened to listen to the daily today and, and they revealed this for us. And can we listen to this clip, please? Today's episode was produced by Rachel Quester, okay, Chelsea one, Daniel, and Luke Vanderplug. And there's three. With help from Eric Krupke. Okay, four. four. Right, it was edited lot. by Michael Benoit okay, and Lisa Tobin. And six. Engineered by Chris Wood. Okay, seven. And contains original music from Dan Powell Eight. and Marion Lozano. Nine. Nine. Our theme music is by Jim Brunberg Ten. and Ben Landsberg of Wonderly. 11. That's that's fine. That's okay. not, that's a yeah, lot. That's, that's, that's the for daily okay. is made by Lisa Tobin, oh, 12, Rachel Quester, 13, Lindsay Garrison, 14, Claire Tennisgetter, 15, Paige Cowett, 16, Michael Simon Johnson, 17, Brad Fisher, 18, Larissa Anderson, 19, Chris Wood, 20, Jessica Chung, 21, Stella Tan, 22, Alexandra Leon, 23, Lisa Chow, 24, Eric Krupke, 25, Mark George, 26, Luke Vanderplug, 27, MJ Davis Lynn, 28, Austin Mitchell, 29, Nina Potter, 30, Dave what? Chow, 31, Dave Shaw. 32. Sydney Harper. 33. Daniel Guimet. 34. Robert Jimison. 35. Michael Benoit. 36. Liz O'Bailey. 37. Asla Chaturvedi. 38. They do 30 Kevin minutes a day. Robert, 39. Michelle Bonja. 40. Diana Wynn. 41. Marion Lozano. 42. Corey this is, Chen, 40, this is craziness. 44. This is Rob a parody. Alicia Bakitu. Chelsea Daniel. 47. Muj Zadie. 48. And Rowan Nemisto. Oh, 49. 
Special thanks oh. to Sam Dolan, <laughs> 50, Carla Schumann, 51, Cliff Levy, 52, Lauren Jackson, 53, Julia Simon, 54, Mahima Chablani, 55, Sophia Milan, 56, Des Ibiqua, 57, 58, Wendy Dorr, 59, Elizabeth Davis Moore, 60, Jeffrey Miranda, 61, and we don't have this many people in this whole building, 62. <laughs> That's it. That's it. That's all I have. It's just 62 people. 62 people to do a 20 minute (laughs) podcast. Oh my gosh. We don't have, I don't think we have that many people in this whole building. Okay. And how many podcasts and shows do we run out of here? Like 10, 12? That's incredible. That's incredible. It's like a bit. I, at one point, he, and then it just seems like he's just making up names and the names get more and more uh, hard to understand and pronounce and he just keeps going through them. Oh like, my gosh. It, and that doesn't even include the host. So I guess it would be 63. I do have to add two people. Uh, Nick Daly and uh, Sam Carton, who do sure. our music. Sure, yeah. That, no. Okay, so that's six. <laughs> <laughs> for three hours and 60 but they also, for 25 minutes. And they also work on TV stuff, too. Yeah, so, yeah, I mean, yeah, it's yeah, not yeah. Just, yeah. It's just yeah. an amazing, that's incredible. Okay. All right. But that's how it gets so good, Glenn. Guess, they never miss a fact. I guess we're hiring. <laughs> this is the Glenn Beck Program.